I've taken the time to study the All-22 Coaches film from the Buffalo Bills Week 17 win over the New England Patriots, and I'm sharing my top takeaways today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate you all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Well, folks, very excited to do the All-22 review this week. I hate that we didn't get it in last week. Unfortunately, like I mentioned, I didn't get the film till Wednesday morning, and the game was played on Saturday. It just the timing didn't work out, and so I'm thankful to be able to do it for you here Today, I know a lot of people enjoy this episode. I enjoy it as well. It's probably my favorite thing that we do on this podcast and have a lot to say about this Patriots game. And I got to be honest, I feel a lot different about the Bills after studying the tape than I did after watching the game live on television. I'm actually more encouraged, and I'm surprised by that. I expected to come out of this game and out of this film study really concerned about the offense and really concerned about Josh Allen and the way that he's playing. And I came away feeling a lot better. I feel like they're closer than I thought to kind of getting out of a slump when it comes to the passing game. So let's talk all about it. We'll do the things that we do on the All-22 Review, talk about the key elements of the game, snap counts, studs and duds, all the stuff. But I do want to start with the Buffalo Bills passing game, which has been highly inconsistent of late. And statistically was very poor against the New England Patriots. Josh Allen, 15 of 30, 169 yards, no touchdowns, had the interception. That's not a good stat line. And when you think about the issues in this game, pressure on Josh Allen really stands out to me. And Josh Allen was pressured on 11 of 34 dropbacks. That's a pressure rate of 32.4%, which isn't terrible, but it felt like a lot of the timing of those pressures were ill-advised and took away some great opportunities that Josh Allen had down the field. Uh, the Patriots blitzed Josh Allen 12 times, and that's a little bit less than they did last time. Uh, in week seven, they blitzed 50% of the time on passing plays. This time it's down a bit, only 12 blitzes in 30 plays, in 30 uh, passing attempts, or 34 total dropbacks is really the number we're looking for there because Josh Allen had three scrambles and got sacked once. So 34 total dropbacks and against the blitz, the numbers weren't good. Josh Allen, only two for 10 against the blitz. But despite these numbers that don't say a whole lot of good, dare I say that I do come away more encouraged than what I thought I would be from studying the tape. And the start of the game was where most of the issues came but I thought things really turned around in the second quarter. And one thing that I did is I charted every single pass play 
and I identified the pass plays that were failed pass plays. And in those 34 dropbacks, I identified 16 failed plays. That's not good. That's not a good ratio at all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to send the wrong message. But in studying those 34 dropbacks, and in particular the 16 failed plays, I came away encouraged. And for those of you that are part of our Locked On Bills subtext community that are also in our Discord channel, I have all 16 of those plays that I deemed as failed pass plays in there with voiceover commentary of exactly what I think went wrong. So if you'd like to be part of that, join the Lockdown Bill subtext community and you'll get a chance to get in our Discord channel and see all the film clips. And if you want to join, there's a link in today's show notes to join. Uh, so if you're on YouTube or you ever listen to this podcast, click on that. You can see all of these plays in addition to, I don't, I don't know, I probably put 40 plays from the game in the Discord channel. But the point that I'm trying to make is all 16 of these plays that were failed pass plays, I went through and I tried to identify what was the leading factor as to why the play failed. What was it? And I tried to put it into three different buckets. The Josh Allen bucket, whether it was decision-making or accuracy. The protection bucket, where the protection failed and didn't give Josh Allen the appropriate opportunity to execute the play. Or on the receivers, whether it was uh, missed a chance to finish at the catch point or not being able to win the route that they're supposed to win. And I, I tried to identify, all right, what was the leading factor as to why the play failed? And on those 16 plays, this is how I would distribute the blame. 16 failed plus plays, seven on receivers, five on protection, and four on Josh Allen. I was not expecting that to be the ratio. I thought it was going to be a lot more frustrations with Josh Allen. And I really didn't have as many frustrations with Josh Allen. I think he had three misfires. I think he had one decision-making issue in the entire game. I came away much more frustrated with the protection, and I came away much more frustrated with the receivers and some of the opportunities that they had to finish plays, and they didn't. And the protection issues, I thought, were mostly on the interior. And in fact, I'll stop right there. They were all on the interior of the offensive line. The tackles were phenomenal. Spencer Brown, Deion Dawkins were terrific in the game. The middle three is where you had problems. Connor McGovern, Osiris Torrance, and Mitch Morse. And honestly, Mitch Morse only had one blunder. And of course, he got beat on a play where Josh Allen had Dalton Kincaid wide open down the field. Wide open. And that's the one play that Mitch Morse got beat on, where Connor McGovern and Osiris Torrance, I would say that they had two catastrophic whiffs in pass protection that took away opportunities down the field but that pressure came from the interior the edges was very secure it was the interior where the bills had their problems in pass protection and when it comes to the receivers you had a couple of instances where they couldn't get separation to Stefan Diggs plays where uh he, they had him isoed up one-on-one uh against 31 for the Patriots and one was a whip route where he couldn't get separation one was a post corner where he couldn't get separation he had a couple of instances of drops. James Cook with a drop. Latavius Murray with a drop. Uh, Trent Shurfield with a with drop. Trent Shurfield with another opportunity to finish a play that he couldn't finish. And so all in all, there's a lot to clean up, right? Protection issues are a problem. Receivers having some separation problems, kind of a minor concern there. Receivers not finishing. Those are issues, right? But it, it all feels very fixable. And, and what I came away mostly encouraged from was the opportunities that existed in the passing game. I didn't watch a poorly coordinated offense. I didn't watch an offense that didn't have opportunities for plays to be made. 
I think they're closer to getting out of this slump than than it might feel like, candidly. And I and again, I've been the champion. I feel like I've been the champion of this entire. I'm concerned about the passing offense conversation, but I'm telling you, I came away from this tape with a lot more encouragement than I anticipated and a lot more satisfaction with Josh Allen and his process and his approach and how he's seeing the field than the way that I felt watching that game live. So things to clean up, a lot of little things, but I think they're closer than maybe it feels. Now, how does that translate to Sunday night against the Miami Dolphins? I don't know. But I, I feel a lot better than I did coming out of the game watching it live. Uh, one thing that continues to frustrate me with this passing offense is play action. Only five called play action passes in the game. That's a percentage of 14.7%. And, and you guys know I've said this all year long. I want Josh Allen's play action percentage to be 30%. And so it's still not enough. And that's probably my biggest criticism for Joe Brady. I like the run game. I like the opportunities that exist in the passing game. But Josh Allen's awesome at play action. Do it more. Do the thing that Josh Allen is great at more than 14% of the time. I want that to be 30%, and that continues to really kind of frustrate me. All right, I have some call-outs on the offensive side of the ball. I want to talk about the run game and snap counts here in just a moment, so be sure to stick with me. But, folks, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Well, luckily for you, game time is here, and it is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They specialize in killer deals on last-minute tickets, so maybe you want to go to an event, but you didn't get tickets early. You can get tickets right up to the day of the event, and they give you an all-in price. They give you a view from your seat. They give you a best price guarantee. The app is awesome, easy to navigate. I love the flash deals. Sometimes I just log in and see what flash deals are available to me. And they also send the tickets straight to your phone. You don't have to dig through emails to find your tickets. They go right to your phone. I mean, simply put, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use code. Locked on. That's L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, I got a couple more things I want to say about the offense before we shift over to the defense. Some callouts. I did mention the two Stefan Diggs instances where he was isolated up in man coverage and, and couldn't get separation. Uh, Trent Shurfield, extremely frustrating in this game. Had uh, two chances to finish at the catch point where he didn't, and. Also, Josh Allen's interception, I put a lot of blame on Trent Shurfield uh, for his route on that play. Um, Shot play down the left sideline, and Trent Shurfield um, is pushing vertical, and his job is to get that middle-of-the-field safety to go with him uh, to draw the coverage away from Dalton Kincaid, and that would have singled him up down the sideline, and that's what Josh Allen saw. He saw that safety that was in conflict start to drive on Trent Shurfield's post route, but Trent Shurfield kind of pulls up on the route, runs it very lazy, doesn't finish the route, which allows Alex Austin to spin and go to the football because he doesn't believe that Trent Shurfield is a legitimate threat on the play. So it's it doesn't the optics of the interception don't look good when you watch it live. When you but when you see the process that Josh Allen arrived to to make the decision to throw to Kincaid, thinking that that safety was going to drive on that post route, which he started to do, but then Trent Shurfield starts jogging through that release and doesn't sell the route. He spins off and picks off the ball. 
So I, I put honestly, I put that interception that Josh Allen threw a lot more on Trent Shurfield than I do any other factor. So he he was just very disappointing in this game. Dalton Kincaid, I want to talk about this guy. He obviously the production was good, eighty-seven yards, eighty-seven of the Bills, one hundred and fifty passing yards in the game went to um, to Dalton Kincaid. I think I'm wrong about that. One hundred and sixty-nine passing yards, so eighty-seven of one hundred and sixty-nine passing yards went to. Dalton Kincaid, and so that speaks for itself, but there was even more there. I was really encouraged with Dalton Kincaid in this game. On a third and five um, play where Josh Allen, it was the play where Mitch Morse got beat right off the snap. Josh Allen had to escape up in the pocket, tried to scramble on a third and five. He winds up fumbling the ball. Osiris Torrance picks it up. That's the play. Dalton Kincaid ran an out and up, and he was wide open down the field if Josh had any amount of time to get that ball off uh, it was going to be a monster play a monster play and thinking about that thinking about the the end zone uh, target that Dalton Kincaid got that play was a little closer than I thought watching it live where I don't know maybe six inches closer to Kincaid he's able to catch that ball and have a touchdown uh, there was a play earlier, a corner route in the game. It was kind of a tough throw for Josh, but it was good vertical separation for Kincaid. They couldn't connect. There was some real opportunities for Kincaid, and he also does all the little things. I've, I've talked a lot about him sprinting to the football and the energy that he plays with on every snap, but there's also times where he's drawing coverage away. Uh, I think teams are really respectful of Dalton Kincaid and the skill set that he has, and he he commanded some attention from New England which freed up Khalil Shakir a couple of times, which freed up Stefan Diggs a couple of times because Kincaid runs routes in such a way that he understands the spacing and the leverage and what other guys need to get done on the play, and he'll take that inside release and draw the coverage away from Diggs on a stop route to get him open. And if you're in their Discord channel, you've seen some of these plays. But I'm telling you, this 86, man, he's a good football player. And I, I think, obviously, the production was good in this game, there was more out there, and um, he's just fun to watch. He, he legitimately is fun to watch. Uh, Khalil Shakir, uh, really good stuff in this game. Uh, good routes to the middle of the field, good timing. Him in some of those ISO matchups, uh, read leverage, get open, I think he's really coming into his own. I'd like to see uh, more and more opportunity go to Khalil Shakir, um, especially in some of those in-breaking patterns over the middle of the field. They're, they're there. They're there, and Josh hit a few of them. There was one that um, he couldn't get to uh, due to protection, but Shakir is doing his job in a big way. And then I, I mentioned the O-line stuff. Torrance uh, and McGovern got got cooked a couple of times. Morse got cooked once, but the tackles were terrific in this game. But that interior pressure on Josh Allen uh, really took away some vertical shots. I mean, there were several that were, that were there, and he couldn't get them off, and he, he needs the protection to hold up so the routes can develop so he can get the ball down the field and uh, his protection failed him a few times and, and there would have been a lot more production if he had a chance to get those plays off. So uh, that was some of my biggest takeaways when it comes to this Bills offense and the passing game. Real quick on the run game, I, I was really satisfied with how the Bills ran the football against New England. 34 carries, 127 yards, two touchdowns. The only thing that was really missing was explosive runs, right? They didn't, they didn't get the massive 20-yard gashes or anything like that. You know, they were consistently getting four, five, seven, eight, right? It was kind of that type of game. And there weren't a lot of negative plays. There was one major negative run. Uh, it was actually the first play of the second half 
The Bills are running uh, outside zone to the left, and, and New England just had the right call. They slanted uh, away from where the offensive line, uh, where they were stepping to, to work their zone blocks, and they were able to get into the backfield to make a big tackle for loss. But the negative runs were really not there, um, minus that one play. And um, again, I thought, the, I thought they were very, very, very consistent. The only thing that was missing was, you know, kind of popping a big run to really blow things open. But uh, they get 127 rushing yards. That's the most against New England uh, in a long time this season. I think since like week five, uh, their game against New Orleans was the, the only time. It was like 134 yards. They, they've been really good against the run. As I mentioned num- a number of times, six of their last uh, their last six opponents and nine of their last 10 opponents, New England held under 85 rushing yards. They're number one in yards per carry, fewest yards per carry allowed on the ground. And um, the Bills, I thought, were very consistent with their ability to run the ball. Now, I think the big wart, the one big play that was a wart, was Latavius Murray in that third and one carry. And it was absolutely terrible. Um, the Bills had an amazing play side bubble. They had strength. They had a numbers advantage to the right side of the center. And... I can't even begin to understand what Latavius Murray did on this play. His job is to make the blocks right, and he had a play side bubble that I'm telling you, you probably could have got a first down if you were the ball carrier. Instead, Latavius Murray literally runs right into the one place where there's bodies, and he just didn't see it well. It was a, it was a horrible run, and between that and his drop on was like third and three, he had a real opportunity to convert. He was a complete dud in this game with those opportunities. And for a guy that's called upon for pass pro, like he's just okay in pass pro. So I've, I think Latavius Murray is kind of expired here. Uh, it's unfortunate, but gave some good juice early in the season. I just thought he's just not effective right now. And so uh, we're talking about veteran inactives and Von Miller's there and Linval Joseph is there now. Let's, uh, let's add Latavius Murray to the mix and let's get Leonard Fournette on the field for this football team. Offensive snap counts. The Bills ran 69 offensive snaps. Uh, Josh Allen, 67 of them. Kyle Allen, two. He came in for the two kneel downs at the end. At running back, James Cook, 38 of 69 snaps. Latavius Murray, 19. Ty Johnson, 13. Reggie Gilliam, four. At tight end, Dalton Kincaid, 38 of 69 snaps. Dawson Knox, 30. Quentin Morris, seven. David Edwards, 11 snaps as a big tight end. At wide receiver, Gabe Davis, 63 of 69 snaps. Khalil Shakir, 55. Steph Diggs, 45. Uh, Trent Sherfield 19, and Deontay Hardy, 3. I know that's a low number for Diggs. Um, they got him going on some vertical stuff down the field, and you know he's running 50, 60, 70 yards sometimes. They pull him out and let him sit the next play. And they Brady and McDermott was asked about Diggs and snap counts, and they said, look, it's about preservation, right? Like you, they, they're – they're wanting to make sure that Diggs is fresh and available. And they did, they've been doing this for the last several years where they're a little bit more intentional with his workload late in the season so that he can be a, a big factor uh, you know, in, in the postseason. So I know that there's a lot of theories out there about Diggs and you know, whether he's healthy, uh, whatever, whatever people are making up. Like, seriously, he looks fine. There's nothing physically wrong with Stefan Diggs. I think it's just a matter of they're in a slump. And the way that they were able to get it going early in the season uh, opened up things for a lot of other players. And a lot of other players are getting opportunities and they're kind of trying to find their groove again. And I think they're close. I, I really do think that they're close. And I don't think there's anything physically wrong with Stefan Diggs from watching him play. 
Uh, offensive line, Osiris Torrance, Spencer Brown, Connor McGovern, all 69 snaps. Ryan Vandemark and Ryan Bates played the last two snaps, the two kneel downs. So uh, on that, the last two plays, Josh Allen, Mitch Morse, Deion Dawkins came off. Kyle Allen, Ryan Vandemark, Ryan Bates came in for those final two plays. All right, folks, we're going to shift our entire focus to the defensive side of the football. I want to talk about Daquan Jones, Puna Ford. The splash plays will get the snap counts in and, of course, our studs and duds. So be sure to stick with me. But, folks, you got to check out FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook right now, actually, new customers, can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. I love the app. It's super easy to navigate. There's so many different ways to bet, like a live same-game parlay. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the new best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, folks, let's talk about the defensive side of the football from this game. And I want to start with a couple of call-outs. And I'm sure a lot of us are fascinated with what happened with Daquan Jones and Puna Ford. And let me tell you that both of those dudes played well. Both of them. And I'll start with Daquan Jones. I focused on every snap that he was on the field, obviously. I want to see how he's doing. And just kind of get an idea for what I can expect from him and what his play strength is. Can he play with extension? Can he get his arms out? Yes. The answer is absolutely yes. Getting off the ball, explosive, resetting the line of scrimmage. He owned David Andrews in this game. The the center for the New England Patriots was able to overpower him with consistency. And I became very encouraged with his hand usage, with his ability to play with extension. There were plenty of times where he was able to reset, get locked out on David Andrews, and be able to shuck him and get him out of the way, displace him however he wanted to. I didn't see anything physically lacking from Daquan Jones in terms of explosiveness or play strength. I think he looks great. Very encouraged for how he's going to factor in moving forward and him playing off of Ed Oliver. My goodness, those guys, those guys are a tough pair to deal with. Big time impact from Daquan Jones, even though what he didn't, I'm sure he didn't have a sack or a tackle for loss. You watch the tape, you can see uh, what he did to free up Terrell Bernard to get downhill, uh, to free up Ed Oliver and really reset the line of scrimmage. The Bills run defense was awesome in this game. Awesome. And Daquan Jones was a big reason why. So was Puna Ford. Uh, Puna Ford, I don't know what to say. Like He was terrific in this game, terrific against the Chargers, terrific against Tampa Bay, the game before that that he played in. The guy needs to be part of this fact, this this equation, right? Like Linval Joseph, thanks for everything, bud, but Puna Ford's better than you. He, he just is, and especially when it comes to rushing the passer where Puna's just able to, to play with such a low center of gravity. He's just a big ball of muscle. And he's quick, and he fights to get off contact. I mean, he was close on a couple of sacks, splitting double teams, taking on blocks. He was terrific. And I, I think it's pretty obvious that he needs to be a, a big part of this defensive line rotation moving forward. And, and before I get into the splash plays, I want to give a shout-out to Sean McDermott. Uh, I've been critical of Sean McDermott this year, very, very critical. Uh, and I became very, very frustrated with his defense in particular for Josh Allen leaving the field with the lead and his defense couldn't get a stop, right? And we saw it happen several times this season, whether it was the Jets game, whether it was the first Patriots game, or the, so the first Jets game, first Patriots game, 
Uh, you go to Philly, couldn't get a stop. Denver couldn't get a stop. And, you know, they, they almost blew it against Tampa and the Giants. But three of the last four games, the Bills have won four in a row, five of the last six. In three of those four, the opposition had an opportunity for a game-winning drive, and they didn't get it. Didn't happen against the Chiefs, didn't happen against the Chargers, didn't happen against the Patriots, and of course it wasn't possible against Dallas. So you talk about in-season growth and, and learning from your mistakes. Sean McDermott's had the right stuff cooked up, not only late in the game to be able to preserve wins when the other team has a chance at a game-winning drive, but also I think his game plans have just been phenomenal lately. Uh, I think he's been terrific. The What he's been able to do to limit the Cowboys and limit the Chiefs and you know the Chargers, tough, tough scenario, right? Kind of a tough scenario, still found a way. And then I thought this Patriots game, it, maybe it doesn't feel as good as the Dallas game does because of the quality of the offense, but the Bills' defense came out, set the tone. They were physical. They suffocated the Patriots early on. Um, and I loved watching it. I had so much fun watching this defensive tape. Uh, so before I get into kind of breaking down some of the splash plays, Daquan Jones, Puna Ford, here's your flowers. Sean McDermott, here's your flowers as well. You've been coaching your butt off. This defense is playing at a high level, and you're getting those stops again at the end of games. All right, so the big story for me defensively, there's a lot, but the big story is the splash plays, right? you got uh, four takeaways, three sacks, and I want to talk about those plays and really get into some of the why behind them. You know, I think you can say, okay, Ed Oliver had an interception. Rasul Douglas had an interception. Terrell Bernard had a, a sack. There's so much that goes into it, and so I want to kind of point some of that out here. Uh, so let's talk through these plays, these splash plays, and, and why they were able to happen. The first splash play was the first play of the game, Ed Oliver interception, and you could see the Patriots are coming out. They wanted to get a rhythm completion for Bailey Zappi, and they ran this stop-flat combination with two tight ends to the left side of the formation, and there's no vertical pressure at all. So you have Gusecki on just kind of a, a short stop route. You have Farrell Brown on a flat route. And there's no vertical push to that side. And so all the Bills players on the back seven are kind of squatting on it and saying, okay, you're not going to stress us vertical. We're going to squat in these routes and we're going to drive on the ball. And that's exactly what Rasul Douglas wound up doing. Perfect timing and technique to break up the pass to the catch point. Ed Oliver snags the deflection with a one-handed interception. Then you had the Rasul Douglas first interception, which was against Devontae Parker. And boys and girls, let me tell you, Devontae Parker ran a crap route. Uh, lazy, not physical at all at the top of the route. And the fact that Rasul Douglas was able to finish that route for him just tells you how bad of a route it was by Devontae Parker because you know he's kind of running a, a hitch about eight, eight to ten yards of depth, and he's supposed to get to the top of that and not allow that corner to cross his face, but he's lazy as crap at the top of the route. Rasul Douglas crosses his face, picks off the football, and um, a great individual effort there by Rasul Douglas and a total crap effort by Devontae Parker. Bailey Zappi honestly deserved a better fate there, but his receiver uh, was not competitive on the play. Then you had Christian Benford, thievery, right? Stole the ball right away from Farrell Brown, and Christian Benford deserves all the credit in the world for being able to get to the ball, strip it away, uh, all of that, but the, the big theme that I saw in that play was just population of the football. Good things happen on defense when you run to the ball. And if you watch that play, when Farrell Brown catches that ball and starts upfield, the seven closest players on the field to him are blue jerseys. You got population to the ball, 
And the Patriots players are just spectators. They're just watching. They're not running to the ball. The Bills players ran to the ball. That gave Christian Benford the opportunity to be aggressive and strip the ball away. And so I think that speaks to the tenacity, the urgency, the physicality, the mindset of this defense right now, getting to the football and making plays. And you have Ed Oliver sack. Um, really good look from Sean McDermott here to threaten with the simulated pressure. Then you have an inside stunt here with Daquan Jones and Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver crashes down and splits the double team. Daquan Jones loops over top, and when he loops over top of that, it pulls the guard off of Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver is able to finish the play. So that's a good example of how 92 and 91 were able to work together uh, to disrupt and make a play. Then you have Rasul Douglas' second interception, third and long. You see an overload pressure by Sean McDermott uh, uh, to Bailey Zappi's backside to force the throw to come out a little bit quicker. Rasul Douglas is in off coverage, and you have a sight adjustment opportunity for that receiver. That receiver should read the leverage of Rasul Douglas and then adjust. And Rasul Douglas played with vertical leverage, so he shouldn't have run the vertical route. He should have ran the stop route, which Bailey Zappi anticipated him running the stop route. But the overload pressure uh, to the backside of Zappi forces that ball to come out quicker, and he throws the stop route, and the receiver is running the vertical route. And Rasul Douglas says, thank you very much. I'll take that football, and I'll return it to the house. Then you had the, the two Terrell Bernard sacks. The first one was a midfield five-man pressure look by the Bills. Really strong interior push by Puna Ford and Tim Settle to really muddy up things for Bailey Zappi. He had good contain rush on the outside, and then Terrell Bernard is just very good at finding soft spots in the pocket to attack and finish. And if, if things weren't muddy around him, Bailey Zappi on the hot route had a guy right over the middle of the field wide open. But because you had all this complimentary pressure with Puna Ford, with Tim Settle, with those edge rushers containing, Bailey Zappi couldn't get his eyes there. And Terrell Bernard finishes the play. And then his second snap or second sack was really good coverage rotation by the Bills where uh, they're not really showing anything pre-snap. They spin late to cover one. Micah Hyde, your deep middle defender. And um, Terrell Bernard, I think on the play, his job was to cover the running back out of the backfield. But if he stays in to pass block, then that's an automatic check to a blitz for Terrell Bernard, which is exactly what happens. And so Zeke Elliott stays in the block. Terrell Bernard fires his gun. Finds a soft spot in the pocket, brings Bailey Zappi down for a sack, but also credit to the the rush discipline by the players uh, on the front to keep Bailey Zappi in a position where he can't he can't escape and Bernard can make the play. So I had fun watching those splash plays, and I kind of wanted to break them down for you here as part of our defensive discussion. On the defensive snap counts, and I'll do a few call-outs here as well, 53 defensive snaps for the Bills. At defensive end, Greg Rousseau, 32 of 53. Leonard Floyd, 23. A.J. Epinesa, 22. I thought he looked good. Um, not super disruptive, but I thought in the 22 snaps, he held his own. It's good to have him back. Shaq Lawson, 19 snaps. Such a sound, fundamental player. I love him. Uh, Kingsley Jonathan, 12 snaps. And not, I don't get crazy here with Shaq Lawson. I'm not asking him to play like a high percentage of snaps. But if you can get him on the field for 20 25% of the snaps, I really like what Shaq Lawson brings. At defensive tackle, Ed Oliver, 36 of 53 snaps. Daquan Jones, 28 of 53. So you love to see him being able to come in and get a high percentage of opportunity. Tim Settle, 20 snaps. Puna Ford, 20 snaps. I like that distribution. I think that's pretty healthy right there. Uh, Terrell Bernard, all 53 snaps. At linebacker, Tyrell Dotson, 46. At corner, Benford, Douglas, Johnson, all 53. Uh, at safety, Jordan Poyer, 
uh, Micah Heidel, 53, and then Taylor Rapp did play seven snaps uh, in situations where Poyer went down and, and spelled Dotson on the second level and, and Hyde and Rapp were your two deep safeties. Studs and duds, uh, again, the criteria here is whatever I want it to be. My studs for this game, Deion Dawkins, Spencer Brown, Dalton Kincaid, Sam Martin. Don't forget about that guy. He was unbelievable in this game. Rasul Douglas, obviously, Christian Benford, Terrell Bernard, Daquan Jones, welcome back. You were disruptive. Ed Oliver, Puna Ford. Puna Ford getting an opportunity to play, and boy, did he deliver. My duds in this game, Latavius Murray, obvious. Trent Sherfield, obvious. Um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll say the interior offensive line. And again, it's, it's more McGovern and Torrance than it was Morse in this game, but all three of them had, honestly, just horrible pressures that took away great opportunities in the passing game that we probably are having a different conversation about the production and what things look like if they're able to be a little bit more firm up the middle. So there you have it, the All-22 review for Bills versus Patriots. Uh, my goal is to never miss another one of these because these are fun. I love spending the time at the tape. I love sharing those clips in the Discord. I love doing this episode. So I'm uh, glad we're back on track, and hopefully we've got uh, several more of these, right? Hopefully we've got you know one after the Dolphins game and then the wild card, divisional round, AFC championship. Hopefully we got four or five of these left. Uh, so come on back and stick with us here. Uh, we're going to shift our attention to the Miami Dolphins next, our crossover preview with Kyle Krabs. That's coming up, and we're going to talk Bills, Dolphins the rest of the week, so don't miss anything. Make sure that you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.